you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. magnify the Lord tonight everybody would you clap your hands and lift your voices Lord we magnify you today we glorify you today Jesus hallelujah hallelujah anything can happen I mean oh anything can happen what do you need whatever you need from him tonight healing miracle health deliverance. God is able tonight to heal you. To give you a breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. If you will grab your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Romans. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 2 reading with verse 1. I am I'm so honored to have Brother Dylan Woodward with me tonight. He drove me here and appreciate him. He's a great blessing. He wrote a song about a love for truth. If you have not heard that, all of you need to hear that. Such a powerful, powerful song about loving God, loving His Word. And uh, through a season of my life, I'm going to tell you, it was such a blessing to me. I'm so glad he's here. And uh, it's good to see my good friend, Brother Luke St. Clair. Amen. Sister St. Clair. We were just... We're together in in Norway just a couple weeks ago, having dynamic church and uh, such powerful preaching about dominion impacted my life. So thankful, and uh, we went from there and somehow in the Nordic ended up dog sledding. I promise you, this coal mining coal miner's son from West Virginia where I grew up in the beautiful hills of West Virginia I promise you when I've told the Lord I will go wherever you want me to go 
I was making a prayer about sacrifice. I didn't know I was going to be in Norway dog sledding through the snow. And I counted it a blessing doing that with my daughter. There is, there is so many wonderful people here. And Sister Melik, I saw you and Mason from our home church. And I think this is second home right here where Sister Chris back was attending and certainly honor her legacy. The pastors, the pastor here, Pastor Jordan, amen, your wonderful family. I appreciate you all very much. Gillen and Gentry and their, their family, I appreciate them. I think it would be great if you give this first family a hand of appreciation. Pastor Johnson, Pastor Kanata, and all the wonderful ministry that's here. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to take my, my time tonight. I didn't drive four and a half hours to preach for 15 minutes, unless the Holy Ghost takes over. <laughs> Is that all right if I take my time a little while? Now, I did not say I'm going to be preaching for three hours. I did not say that. I hear some of you preach for three hours, we'll be at the restaurant. But uh, I do feel... To deliver to you what God has put in my spirit. We are living in the greatest hour of the church. You need to quit listening to the news. And listen to the good news. He said in the last days I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. Many signs and wonders would be done. How many believe that? We can get all sour listening to the wrong information, especially on social media. Probably ought to turn it off. You'd be better off. Amen. I know it. I know it makes you feel a little awkward, but you know I'm right. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you'd be better off with all that scrolling. Can I get a witness from some normal people in the building? I don't I don't think it's an accident that we hear in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. In the last days, his Spirit's still speaking. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to tell the Lord, I want to hear what you're saying. Come on, tell the Lord, I want to hear what you're saying. I know that you're speaking. I want to hear what you're saying. Amen. I want you to pray it sincerely. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, he says in verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I believe that message is still good enough. He said, I didn't come to impress you with great oratory and, and, and sly ways of saying things differently, but he said, just Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with what? It's almost being redundant here. But he says, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But 
in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Somebody say amen. I'm not against sermonizing, but I think maybe those days are over. We need a move of the Spirit and a demonstration of His power. Somebody shout right now in this room, God is able to do anything. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Verse 7 says, but, but we speak the wisdom of God. In what? In a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't realize what they were about to open up. When they crucified him, something happened. It says, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Praise God. All my life, I thought that was talking about heaven, and I think there's a maybe a principle beneath it that there is an, a message in it about heaven. I do believe we're going to a place. To, amen. That's going to be amazing. Do you believe that? Streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. No more pain and no more sorrow, no more suffering. But that's not talking about heaven. Because the next verse says, But God hath revealed them. Revealed what? Things the eye cannot see. Things that the ear cannot hear things that have not entered to the heart of man. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. It says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Everybody say, The deep things. You lift your hands and tell the Lord, I want to see and hear the deep things of God. Lord, I love you. I thank you for what I feel. Would you lift your voices right now? Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I tonight am very hungry for a deeper place in the Spirit. I do believe I'm among people that feel that way. Growing up, I went to an amazing church in, in, a, in a little town we called Palton, West Virginia. Had amazing church services. But growing up, you you hear the stories, and you know, you're, you're next to believers. I'd sit on this side of the church right in front of my grandmother. I used to sit right beside my grandmother, actually, my mom right behind me. That act up too much, she'd flip me in the ears. That's why they stick out a little bit. But I remember my grandmother telling stories about when she was a young mother, 
the coal mine was on strike. There was no food to feed the babies and no milk for the new baby in the house. And She said, I went in the living room and started praying. And I said, God, I don't have any milk to give baby, my baby Sandy, who's in her mid-80s today, my Aunt Sandy. God, I don't know what to do, but I'm asking you to provide. The next day, a knock on the door. She opens the door, and the milk deliverer was there. She said, I don't have any money to pay for that milk. He said, well, Miss, Mrs. Johnson, um, it's already paid for. Until the coal mines went back to work, that man delivered every few days. She said, the Lord, Aaron, heard my prayer. Amen. She said, I told the Lord, I need this in groceries. I don't have any. There were, there were no welfare programs then, no entitlement programs. When times were tight, they got on their knees and prayed. And she said, I bent my knee and said, Lord, this is what I need for my family. She said, the next day I opened the door and exactly what I prayed for was on the porch. And until the coal mines went back to work, it continually came because God hears us when we pray. I feel like before you leave here tonight, you're not here wanting food. You're not hungry for that. That's more likely not your need. But there is needs, our needs in people's lives tonight. But before you leave this sanctuary, you're going to have a fresh word from the Lord that's going to say it's going to be all right. I mean, no, he'll provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. Somebody shout glory. Growing, growing up in this, I, I would hear other stories. Missionaries would come through. As a matter of fact, in the church I grew up in, there were many miracles. When you would walk in, in into the, uh, to the small foyer there, the restrooms were on the left, and uh, the men's restroom and the ladies' left restroom. I remember that's where mom would take me and spank me when I acted up. I told her, I said, Mom, take me anywhere, but don't take me to the ladies' restroom and spank me. That's not cool. On the right side of the church, there was a little room that was there, and I remember somebody opened that door, and when I looked in there, it was filled with, with walkers and canes and wheelchairs and crutches because when people came in sick, they left healed. When they came in broken, they left delivered. I grew up in an atmosphere that he can do anything. I'm telling somebody tonight, it's not too late to get what God has for you tonight. You've just got to believe that he's able. He's able. He's able. I would hear missionaries come through, and I would hear stories told about things like blinded eyes open. My dad had even seen a blinded eye open, but I sort of marked it down that if he can do it for them, I can see it one day. A blinded eye open. I had somebody else, a missionary came through and he talked to Brother Billy Cole. There was a video where he was in a crusade overseas and you can watch in the video the lady with the withered hands and Brother Cole and he reaches to the crowd and when he touches her, the withered hand is made whole. I said to myself as a young believer, I'm going to see that. I want to see that. I remember the missionary coming through and talking about laying hands on somebody that had a leg shorter than the other. And right before their eyes, the leg grew and went to perfect, uh, went into perfect position. And I thought to myself, I don't understand how that can happen, but I believe that he can do that. 
Now, I don't know how that moves you, but down deep in me, it brings expectation. The highest level of expect of faith is expectation. It might not happen today, but it's going to happen at some point. What I've been believing for, God is able to do it. Somebody shout, the Lord is able. If you believe that, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God is able to do it tonight. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I believe that while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell in them which heard the word. And you can be healed while I'm preaching. You don't have to wait till the altar call. You can receive it at your seat. You can receive it right where you're sitting tonight. You believe it? Say amen. I'll never forget. I'll never forget going to that meeting and I had such expectation of seeing the miraculous power of God. I went to Guatemala, was there to dedicate a building, was there with uh, my brother and also a prophet by the name of Eli Hernandez. I went there expecting to see miracles. I knew what God had showed me in prayer. The Lord had told me that he was going to show his glory. That's what God had told me in prayer. He said, I have seen the sacrifice of the people. He said, and when I come and show up, I'm going to bring my glory. I thought of that verse, when the glory of God came, the ministers couldn't stand to minister by reason of the cloud. I thought when I get there, I'm going to see it. On the first night I got there, was in the crusade, and I looked, there was a man. Now, you're going to relate with what I'm going to tell you. But there was a man standing there with a crutch under his arm. And during that altar service, I was so hungry to see a miracle. I can't speak Spanish. But I walked up to him, and I said, I believe God can heal you. He didn't have a clue what I said. And so I was doing sign language. You know how you do? Trying to do motion. I finally took the crutch out from under him. I might have said vominos because my kids watched Dora when they were little. And I began to motion come. When he took a step, he fell all the way down the ground and moaned with the worst sound you've ever heard. hurt him. Man, I was so embarrassed for myself. I picked him up, pulled his arm out, put the crutch under and I walked off. I really believed. I had the tuning right. I didn't have the timing right. But two days later with nobody touching him, I saw him grab that crutch and start walking across the church. God healed that man. God healed him. He walked out of there delivered. Just because it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen does not mean it's not going to happen. God heard every prayer. He's not done doing what he said he's going to do. You've got to hold on to that promise and believe he's able. He's able. Somebody shout, he's able. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God's still able. I walked out. I walked out the next night, and when I did, you can be seated. I walked out the next night, and when I come out of the church, now you got to realize, I'm a young believer, young man believing these things since I was little, that he was going to do it before my eyes in my generation. He can do it for them. He can do it in my generation. Come on, he doesn't waver with time. He doesn't age with time. Amen. What he did for Moses, he did for Joshua. If it was good for Paul and Silas, it's good enough for me. That old song says... 
just believed it. And when I walked out of the church, uh, 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 a parsonage that's connected to that sanctuary in Guatemala, when I opened the door and I stepped out, I looked, there was a full-size bed mattress there. Now, there was a part of me thinking, what's a bed mattress here? But there was that believer part of me that thought about those Sunday school stories where Jesus said to a man that was lame by the pool for 38 years. And he looked at him and said, take up thy bed and walk. When I saw the bed in the sanctuary, I thought to myself, is this the night that I'm going to see that scripture fulfilled in my life? I just want to know, are there any believers that still believe he's alive and he's able? He's alive. Come on, Jesus is not a little baby. Jesus is not hanging on the cross and he's not in the tomb. He's alive right here, right now. He's able. You know what I was taught? I was taught that Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. And when you say in the name of Jesus, he's right there. And he's greater than the cancer. He's greater than the tumor. He's greater than the sickness. He's greater. Somebody shout, he's greater. Come on, he's greater than your family situation. He's greater than your addiction. He's greater than your wounds. He's greater than your abuse. He's greater than your brokenness. He's greater. I come to you tonight to tell you he's here right now. And he's greater. I will never forget. I'll never forget what happened in that service. You can be seated. I stepped. I stepped past that, went into the church. I just want to know, is there anybody that believes in the deeper things of God? Well, I'm glad about your faith that you believe he died, buried, and resurrected. You believe, you believe in all that. But I come to talk about seeing God do things now. Things that the naked eye cannot see that you'll see. Let me, let me, I'll get back to the mattress in a moment. But let's go back to the book of Exodus and read something. There was a man like you and me. He was hungry for the things of God. I'm not talking about, I'm not preaching to the saint that just marks off the box and says, I got my chapter in today. I'm not preaching to the person that went to church on Sunday because that's just what you're supposed to do. The one that prays over your meal because you feel guilty if you don't. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about there are deeper things that he wants to show and do. I'm talking to some young man in this room. He's going to open up things and he's going to let you see things in the spirit that you're going to prophesy and they're going to come to pass. There's dreams that haven't been dreamt yet. There's visions that haven't been seen yet. Come on, there's churches that haven't been built yet. Yet you've got to see it in the spirit. His name was Moses in Exodus 33 and 18. Watch what he says. Now he had seen many things, but he, he told the Lord. You can see the discontentment in him, or maybe I should label it hunger. Watch this and bear with me. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Come on, he, he's watched Red Sea split. 
He's seen plagues, ten plagues already activated. I mean, there, there, there's been manna. There's been rivers of waters that have come out of a rock. He, all these things that he is, but there was something in him that was hungry for relationship. Woo. What are you willing to do to get closer to him? Some of you aren't going to heaven. You're just trying not to go to hell. Some of you aren't thriving in the Lord. You're just trying not to fail the Lord. There got to get a place where you get confidence that says, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Come on, is that for the last generation? Or can we have that type of relationship? I feel to say it tonight, if you want it, you can have it. If you can believe it, you'll see it. But you've got to be hungry for it. Somebody say amen. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that he says, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. He said, I'm going to bring my goodness before you. I'm going to bring my name before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I'm going to show you my grace. And he said, and will show mercy upon whom I will show mercy. Anytime you get goodness, you're going to, feel it. You're going to find revelation of his name. And here comes grace and mercy. And he said, thou shalt, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. I want everybody to hold their arms in that place. And say, God's got a place for me reserved with him. Why are you content here? When God said, I want you to come up here. I want to show you some things. And he said, I got a place with me. He said, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. It shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock. Will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts. But my face shall not be seen. I, come here and help me. Right here. Moses makes his way up into the mountain. Ready? He separates himself from the people. You got to pull yourself back from what everybody else is doing. Oh, Pastor, don't call a 21 day fast. Don't you realize we have fish night every Friday night? Don't you realize we got sports to do and we got things to do and family things to do? We, I, I've got it. Why you call? Because sometimes the only way to get deeper is you've got to separate yourself. It's called fasting and prayer. Moses separates up into the mountain, and when he gets up there, he, he finds himself in this place where God said to go, and it's a cliff. It's sort of a, it's sort of a, a concave place on the side of the cliff, and when he gets there, all of a sudden the Lord shows up, and when he does, he takes his hands and puts it over his face, over his eyes, because there was a part of him that he could not see. He passes by him and then he opens up and, and Moses sees something that nobody's ever seen. I personally believe it was at this moment. It's not just the backside of God, like from the head back here down. I, I think 
was saying was, I'm going to show you not the future, but I'm going to show you how it all began. Come here, Moses. I'm going to show you something no man has ever seen. And all of a sudden, when he opens his eyes, he's, he's standing at the brink of eternity. And, and he saw darkness upon the face. He saw darkness upon the face of the deep. And he saw the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And he said, I was here. And watch this. Watch this, Moses. Watch what it did. And he said, I said, let there be light. And Moses is, is seeing something that nobody has ever seen. Because this was just the first day of creation. It wasn't until the sixth day that you even have a human being on the entire planet. But he said, on the second day I did this. And all of a sudden he, he watches as he pulls, as he pulls the mountains out of the water. And he blankets the fields with the lilies and flowers. Trees begin to sprout off the hillsides and and pine cones begin to hang and apples and oranges and bananas and grapes. All of a sudden, he began to see the entire earth planted. And, and, and here it is. All of a sudden, he looks up and says, Long-necked giraffe. Lord, you're something. You know it. That's the funniest little thing I've ever seen. I've always wondered why his neck was so long. That's so he could eat from the eucalyptus tree. What's that? Elephant, big long trunk. We think that's funny. Wait till it got to you, amen. He's seeing it all. But all of a sudden, he said, let me show you something. I formed man and everything else I spoke. And I rolled up my sleeves. He sees the Lord get down. And he said, I'll form man from the dust of the ground. I breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I made him, he and her, both in my image. Woo. How did he see what we believe? Because one man was willing to go deeper. And God said, I'm going to show you what no eye has ever seen. What no ear has ever. Somebody shout relationship. Will always bring revelation. Do you believe that? Be seated a moment. Everybody say the deeper things of God. You know what he did? And that's where we get the first five books of the, New Test of the Old Testament. That's where the book of Genesis comes from. From a man that was hungry to be alone. He said, show me your glory. He said, there's a part of it that you can't see, but I'm going to let you see the hinder part of that. Is there anybody here hungry for more? Come here, I want you to come. You right here. What's your name? What is it? chose 12 disciples but one of them what they tell me is that John the beloved was the youngest of all some believe he was maybe even 14 years old it was him that laid his it's awkward but I won't have you to do it but he laid his head upon his chest he said get me out of here amen known as John the Beloved. John always writes about what? Love and relationship. The disciples were 
those 12 disciples were martyred, except they tried three times to martyr him. He, he, he writes this in the book of Revelation. He said, I was on the Isle of Patmos. Are y'all with me tonight? I feel the anger of the Lord in here with me right now. I feel a powerful touch of the Spirit. There's divine revelation in this room right now. John's on the Isle of Patmos. His, he's, he, he's put there because the waves are beating. He was put there as a preacher, as an apostle. They put him there to persecute him, to isolate him. And there it was, the compounding of the waves were driving man crazy. But he records in the book of Revelation chapter 1, it goes something like, like this. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. He said, I was there on the Isle of Patmos and all of a sudden I was about to see some things and hear some things that the eye cannot see and the ear cannot hear. And he said, I heard a voice and it sounded awful familiar. And it says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Woo! Somebody shout glory. He said, when I heard that, he said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the middle of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed, clothed with garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with the golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes Whereas a flame of fire, he said, when I turned and I beheld him, I saw his face. He saw the backside of God. But when I saw him, I saw the face of him. I saw all of him. And then he begins to write, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Are you ready? And he said, and I saw it, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody shout hallelujah. How I many no one set upon that throne? And he's got a name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Would you stand and honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords tonight because he is escorted into this building. He's here right now. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Come on, praise him right now. He's the healer of all diseases. He's the I am. And when he looked up at him, when he looked up at him and he saw his face, he said, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive 
forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I come to preach to you. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead. You can know him. Look at your neighbor and say he's not on a cross. He's not in a tomb. He's alive. He's alive. I said he's alive right now in this room. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. Praise God. Praise God. Every now and then you just got to lift your head and realize he's still on the throne. And he's worthy. Somebody shout, he's worthy. Isaiah said, prophesied, he said, I'm the Lord. He said, I looked beside me and there was not another. He said, I heard the Lord say, I won't share my glory with another. John later records when Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Somebody shout glory. The book of John chapter 6. There's this verse that's in there. Jesus writes it this way, John 6 and 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It said, it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. You can't see God without a deep relationship with God. You can't see him until you know him. But when you know him, you'll start seeing Come on, God's about to reveal himself in this room. I believe Jesus has walked into this house. What does it mean? You can't see him with an unbelieving eye. You can't see it with a carnal mind. You can't see it. You can't play 10 hours of video games and see the things of the Spirit. You can't be consumed with Hollywood and see the things of the Spirit. You can't be consumed with the news channels and see the things of the Spirit. But you give me somebody that will go up to the mountainside. He's going to show you things. Watch this. Turn around and look that way. What do you see? I see the beginning. Hey, John, tell me what you saw. He said, I want you to get your pencil and I want you to begin to write it out. What do you see? He said, I see a new Jerusalem is coming down from heaven. I see room for everybody. I see a white throne judgment. I see 24 elders. And there's somebody saying, is there anybody to open up the book? Is there anybody worthy? And he said, I saw the saints of God. And they said, we know one that is worthy. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. Somebody shout streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper. He said, I'm going to let you see it all. There was part he could not see. But after the cross, you can see it all. 
hear me. There's nothing he's hiding. He's just waiting on you to get a little bit deeper. He's waiting on you to dig out a prayer room. I'm preaching to somebody. There's prophecy to still see. There's revelation to still have. That's why on the mountain, the transfiguration, y'all ready to go eat pizza? Anybody ready to help me preach for a minute? That's why him that could not see his face in that day upon the mount of the transfiguration, when he opens his eyes, there was the Son of God standing before him. He said, here's my glory. What you were wanting to see in fullness back there at the mountain, you can see it all now. I'm telling you, we've got this revelation. You can see him. You can know him. You can walk with him. Hallelujah. I read it today. We shall see him as he is. When he comes back in the clouds, we're going to see him. Lift your hands right now. I want to know the depths of the spirit. He Jesus. How many believe Jesus is alive? We can see him. Eye had not seen, ear had not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. But God hath revealed to them, to us by his spirit. I'm going to tell you, you're going to start seeing manifestation of angels in your church services. Watch it. In the North American church, dead people are going to be raised to life. I'm prophesying to you exactly what I see. Young children are going to be used of the Lord. They're going to stand in pulpits beside pulpits. And the unction of the Spirit of God is going to be on them. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, they're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord. They're going to be, excuse me, but they're going to be old people. I'll let you categorize that. They thought their time was done until the Spirit begins to move. I feel it right now. It's not over yet. God's going to let you see prayers you've been praying. You need to pray bold prayers tonight. Do you believe what I'm saying is true? How old are you, John? 16? Brother Cole was preaching a meeting overseas. His grandson's named Jonathan. Jonathan Moss, a good friend of mine. He said, Aaron, I was there. He said, they, at that crusade, they drug a dead man for two days. Two days on a cot. Drug him for two days. Because they believed if I can get the dead man to the meeting. They brought him there and wanted Brother Cole to lay hands on him. And 
Jonathan told me, he said, I saw it with my own eyes. He said, I saw Papa Cole say, I'm not laying hands on him. I want that young 16-year-old preacher. See, I was thinking about telling that when I asked you, you're 16. There were two preachers that were 16 years old. And they went over to that man that they drugged for two days dead. And when they said, in the name of Jesus. He said, Aaron, I watched it happen. That dead man got up off of that cot. You're not too young. You just got to be willing to go deeper. You're not too old. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I feel. We don't have... It's too big for the pastor to lay hands on everybody. It's too big for just the laity to lay hands. We need the believers to start believing. We need the saints to start being activated. Your prayers are going to bring a power of God. Do you believe that? God's Listen, I feel in the Holy Ghost. God's just going to start reaching to do the service. Hold the organ one minute. My grandmother would get up and sing with a falsetto soprano voice. She'd sing, shackled by heavy burden, neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. It's just going to happen. He's going to interrupt your praise and worship services. He's going to show up during the middle of your preaching. He's going to show up in your Bible studies. Come on, God's just going to show up and start a healing, delivery. Oh, I wish somebody believe what I'm preaching. I'm telling you, it's happening right now. He's just going to heal. Be seated a moment. Somebody shout the deeper thing. deeper things. Somebody say, I want to see it. I walked just a few years ago. Pastor Johnson, I walked out and I saw the mattress laying there and I've already told you, I thought, is this tonight? I've been expecting it all my life. Can I just ask the question, who's expecting? You are. You believe God can raise the dead, open the blind eye, heal your eyes because he's able And I walked out of there and I looked at that bed and nobody was in it. I walked over, got on the platform. I looked, what moment, heard all these people coming in on cattle trucks. They carried this man in there. Real tiny, skinny legs. Carried him, he was in his early 20s. Laid that young man on that bed. I watched him hold his hand up just to give him a drink of water. He, was, he couldn't even get a drink of water by himself. He was blind and he was lame. 
so sick. They had a, a bag beside him just in case he would, he would vomit. And I was watching that. And I was standing on the platform. Church started. They were singing some songs in Spanish for about five minutes. And five minutes in the service, I felt that hand I was singing about coming to that service. That hand my grandmother used to sing about coming to that service. I leaned over to my brother and I said, do you feel that? He said, yeah. I said, God is doing something special tonight. You see, there's presence, but then there's glory. When the glory comes, it's completion. When the glory comes, people will just show up at the church and just get delivered. You don't have to have a prayer line and anointing oil. They just show up and get healed when they get on the parking lot because that's the power of his glory. My buddy, his name is Rob Fazalore. He said a doctor from his community, they were baptizing this young boy. Boy become the church. It was a physician from the community. He had been attending youth group and wanted to get baptized. His mother came to watch her son get baptized, and they baptized him. After service, she is weeping, and she is crying. And she says to him, I need to talk to you. And he said, what is it? She said, she said something happened to me tonight. He said, what is it? You're crying. She said, I have been dealing with anxiety for two years. She said, no counseling has helped it. No medication has helped it. But when I pulled on the parking lot of the church, she said, it instantly left me. She said, I don't understand why. He said, I'm going to tell you why. Because every night we've been praying that God would set people free from anxiety and fear and depression. Come on, you're not churchgoers, you're the people of the name. You're the people of the name. Somebody shout, it's going to happen in my city. Somebody's got to get sick of all the suicide and the overdoses. And say, I'm going to pray it out. I told you I was going to take my time. My brother pastors in Parkersburg, West Virginia, be seated a moment. I promise we're going to see this boy get up out of that bed in a minute. Parkersburg, West Virginia. My brother started reaching for people. One man was walking down the street. Am I okay on time? That's what I feel to do. I feel to tell some things. Because I've seen some things. And I've heard some things. And it's for us. My brother, my brother has much faith. He was standing outside the church and was working there and, and uh, remodeling the building, some things. A man come by and had, had excuse me, I'm not trying to be uh, stereotyped, but just the guy had tattoos all over him, big burly beard and head down like this. And you could tell that his, his world was not put together in the way that he was walking in this. And my brother looks at him, they start the conversation, and he said, who are you? And we begin to talk, and Justin is his name. My brother's name is David. And he said, well, I'm just in here working the church. He said, can I see it? When this man in his mid-30s walks into the church to see it, there was a presence of God that was there. He falls on his knees and repents. Not a Sunday, not a midweek Bible study. Instantly was gave his life to the Lord. He was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Spirit. Watch. 
because what I'm telling you is prophetic. He, he went home and called his grandmother. And he said, Grandma, because his dad had died at a young age, he hadn't seen his grandmother most of his life, been many, many years, but he knew she was a saved woman, though there was no relationship. He got a hold of her and he said, Grandma, I, I just want to tell you that, that I gave my life to the Lord and I was baptized. She said, how were you baptized? He was a strung out heroin addict in Parkersburg on this day. When he called, how were you? She said, he said, in Jesus' name, she started speaking in a heavenly language on the phone. She was an apostolic from Tennessee. She said, Justin, I've been praying for you every single day of your life. Watch. Can you see it? Can you see it happening right here? You know what he did? He went to the NA meetings he was going to. They do their deal, which is great, and I appreciate their programs. But he'd say, I have something I'd like to say. I'm no longer addicted. God saved me and set me free. Over 100 people later, in just a little over a year, 100 people later, one of them, one of his friends overdosed up the street from where he was. <laughs> I feel the power of God so strong right now. Come on, those pills in your pocket you won't need after tonight. God's going to heal you. There's deliverance in this room right now. I'm telling you, I feel delivering power. By his stripes, somebody shout, we are healed. One of the men he was witnessing to overdosed up the street from the church. Now in West Virginia, when they hit you with Narcan, y'all want to know what Narcan is, you, you die, overdose, they give you that shot in the heart then. But it, it brought him back to life and there's, their protocol is they will say to you, do you want us to take you to the hospital or do you want to just go home? When he wakened out of that, he was up the road from the church and he, when he came to himself and came out and they said, do you want us to take you to the hospital? He said, no. He said, see that church right there? He said, I'm going to go down there and get delivered. And that's exactly what Philip did. He went down there and God delivered him of years of heroin addiction. Come on, don't you give up on anybody. God gets the last word. God gets the last say. Pastor Jordan, you better get ready for it. God's visiting this city with a mighty power of deliverance. That's what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Come on, is there anybody ready to see deliverance in this part of Indiana? Can you see it? I can see it and hear it. I hear chains breaking. I see lives being changed. It's on the way. Watch the power of the church. I'm going to take it further. Watch the power of the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. You can't get a relationship with Jesus and then not show you a better future. Let me tell you what I'm about to do. They baptized since 2017 in Parkersburg about 900 people. Hear me. It's the only county in West Virginia where there was a decrease in overdoses. Hold on a minute. You got to get what I have. If it can happen in Parkersburg... It can happen in Frankfurt. Come on, greater is he that is with you 
then every addiction, to every spirit of bondage, to every spirit of abuse, he's able. I wish somebody would worship for a drug addict going to be set free. Come on, God's not done with you. He's got plans for your life. I said, he's got plans for your life. He loves you right where you are. They started coming from everywhere because hope started entering the heart. Guess what? That, that one man, that one man is now a licensed preacher. He's the assistant pastor, was a heroin addict, but not a heroin addict anymore because by his stripes, we're healed. By his blood, we're forgiven. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You haven't been too bad. That's a lie from the devil. God's got plans for you. You're going to make a difference. you just got to believe it. Satan had me down, but Jesus lifted me. Come on, Satan had me down, but Jesus lifted me. Do you see it? Look at your neighbor and say, can you see it? Miracles, healings, signs, wonders. Come on, we don't need a pretty sermon. We need the power of the cross. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, they would carry them. In the gospels, they would carry them where Jesus was. They would physically carry them. We can't have this where we're only preaching to save people. You want to have revival? Carry the drug addict to the house of God. Carry the sinner here. Carry the cripple here. I want you to lift your hands right now. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. you to return to your seats and sit down for a few moments. Those are things we see in the Spirit. We prophesy before we believe. Every time I was a child, I started believing that God could let me see those things. I saw that mattress, lay that boy on there, all of a sudden it's five minutes in church service. Why does it take 50? Five minutes in church service. I'll tell you something, I told my dad, I said, Dad, you can't believe it. When I looked over, 
that boy, that young man, I watched him stand up out of the mat. I'm telling you, a stand before God that I saw. Stood before God. Started moving his legs. The people saw it, and they led him up there, and he began to walk something like this. But he was blind. He had a tumor in his body, come to find out. It made him blind and lame. They got up there, and they announced him. He was standing right beside the lady. He had to carry him. They talked about his situation. He'd been... He'd been lame for two years because of the tumor. Boy, the place just worshiped like y'all have been tonight. I think it's okay to be excited. It really is. And 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 when they said that, I was standing beside him when he began to say, I can see, I can see, I can see. Five people were healed of blinded eyes that night. Five people. I saw it with my own eyes. You gotta start believing before you gotta see it in the spirit before you can see it in the natural. I came I came home and well 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 Pastor well Pastor Bounds, that was that was Guatemala. I came home, but it was in my spirit. I was preaching a youth camp in Alabama, and a girl that was blind there came was blind there, and God healed her blinded eyes when the young people began to give to move the mission. Watch this. Brother Dylan, it was a daughter work campus. Five minutes into service, praise and worship. The little town called Kashaka. And while we were there, I was standing there. They were worshiping. Small church, great place. I felt the same thing I felt that night. And I told the young minister something. I said, Man, you know, I said, Coach, I said, Can I say you something special? After service, the only blind lady in the she said, I've got something I need to say. I knew her. I knew her for many years. Her name's Vicky. She said, I've never seen anybody in this building ever. I've never known one, one, one color of a wall or any detail. She said, but during praise and worship, she says, I felt God come over me. She said, I could see the detail of every face on everybody. I have not seen but it's revealed by His Spirit. Come on, you're going to see it if you believe it. I prophesy to you tonight, you're going to see it if you can believe it. Brother Kanata, it was just a regular Sunday at Zanesville. I look here, come down the aisle, a man that had a hand just like that. Now that might not mean anything to you, but me, I'd had three things I wanted to see God do. I want to see a blinded eye open. Come on, I'm preaching to believers. I want to see a withered hand heal. And I want to see a leg shorter than the other one grow. He came up. I walked up to him. His hand is withered. I walked up to him. I said, what would you like God to do? And the man stands beside me. He said, he needs his hand healed. I'm not making fun, but his hand was drawn. Arm, hand drawn, everything. I just grabbed his hand and I said, in the name of Jesus. I said, are you healed? That's all, that's all I told him. That thought. Because in his name will come grace and mercy. All my goodness is going to come before you. But I'm going to reveal my name. And through my name, you're going to see grace and mercy. Watch what happened. When I pray, I said, are you healed? He said, right before my eyes. He said, 
When he left the building, he was carrying his Bible out. I watched it with my own eyes. I'm telling you, he's able. He's able. He's able. He's able to do it tonight. I walked. Come here, brother, Pastor Kanata. There's a lady come up on this side of the church. She had a guest speaker. It was our anniversary service. She was from the daughter campus. And I walked up to her and I said, people just standing around praying. I said, what would you like God to do for you? She said, I'm in a lot of pain. I've been in pain my whole life. I said, why? She said, because I have one leg shorter than the other. I don't know what that means to you. I said, well, take that. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I looked at her and told her. I said, are you in pain? She said, well, there's no pain in my body. I said, no, no, no. You said. One leg was shorter than the other. She said, I'll have to take my shoe off to see. I said, take your shoe off. When she took her shoe off, tears began to run out. She said, it's the same as the other one. Come on, if you'll believe, you'll be healed right now. I don't care how late the cancer is. I don't care how big the problem is. If you will believe, God will heal you right in your seat, right where you are. You believe it? Say amen. <laughs> I want everybody to be seated. I'll be done in a few moments. You know, I was healed on a Wednesday night Bible study. I was born a cripple. That's how I was born. They ordered braces for me. Been diagnosed already. My mom took me to a Wednesday night prayer meeting, had them anoint me with oil. Did you know God can heal people in a Wednesday night Bible study? The pastor's not camp meeting. We don't have an evangelist. We have Jesus. And when they prayed for me, my crippled feet straightened up. I never had to wear the brace once. Now I say that to say this, because midweek Bible studies are about to be a mess. I'm telling you, you better get ready for it. God's going to show up if you'll believe for it. We need teaching, we need preaching, but God's about to move among us. I hear it. They're, they're, they're coming from afar. They're going to places where God's spirit is going to move. I see, I see houses with believing families, guests in their home, and they're praying for them, and miracles are happening in the houses. Because it's bigger than sanctuaries. What he's going to do in North America, our buildings can't contain it. The believer's got to be activated. Come on, I'm telling you, you've got to get activated. This can't be about a Sunday event. This got to be about a daily walk. God's going to do what you cannot do on your own. So I was teaching on a, teaching on a midweek. Plan, teach. Felt a nudge of the Spirit. 
I just started telling stories like I am right now. When I did, I saw a little bit of a, I saw a little bit of emotion on the front row. After church, a lady that attends our church, she said, Pastor, I have to tell you what happened. I said, what is it? She said, my sister came with me tonight. She's got one leg shorter than the other. She's the one that jumped off the bridge and tried to commit suicide. She said to me during service, I want her people laughing because I hobbled in here the way I walked. She said, when you start telling those stories, she started believing. When you said, in the name of Jesus, she said, she looked down and that leg got tore up. She walked. Listen, do you believe what I'm telling you? She walked to the baptismal tank with no limp, still no limp. God made her whole. I'm telling you, you got to start believing for the miraculous. He's about to do it in great ways. Now, I'm going to give you instruction. I want you to be seated. Here's our problem. We believe it, but are we willing to go to the place to get it? We believe it, but we believe it across the aisle. We believe it across town, or we believe it at a conference, but we don't believe it at a local level. And what God was showing me as I come to America is that what he was doing globally, what we heard globally, he was going to start doing locally. But here's our problem in America. We want God to fit in our box of our culture of prayerlessness. You can't scroll social media for five hours and get what I'm talking about. Young people, I'll, the Lord called us at Zanesville on a media path several years ago, 30 maybe ago. And I said, God, I don't understand what you're doing. He said, a media fast. I said, all right. We did a media fast. We didn't do the Daniels fast like we normally do. At the end of the media fast, we saw 12 notable people, heart valves healed, kidneys, livers, diseases, and powerful. I went to prayer and I said, God, I don't understand. I said, I called the church on a media fast. Are you okay? I come to deliver you what's in my heart. I said, God, I don't understand. We saw 12 notable miracles. Why? He said, because media has hardened the heart of my people. He said, I put in them everything they need, but it has encapsulated my people like an egg around, like an eggshell around the egg. But at the end of the media fast, it's broken. And everything I put in them has come out. Faith, compassion, prayerfulness. A prophet, a prophet texts me after that. He didn't know I prayed. I hadn't even shared with anybody. Just learned from the Lord. And a prophet texts me. He said, the Lord showed me that your church has been encapsulated like an eggshell around the egg. What have you done has broken that and God's able to do now what he wants to do in the church. Now listen to me, I, I, am, I am serious about what I'm going to tell you. The Bible says that judgment's coming, not on those that do good, those that have faith and sincere faith in Jesus. And I'm real worried about it. I've never seen a generation like this one. Your poise, your love for God, your boldness. You're so much further along than I was. I think I can speak for Phyllis and St. Clair here. But we're hungry for it. Willing to pay a price, but I think you would agree with me. I used to pray, Lord, don't come to this Thursday camp, a youth camp, 
what it means. I'm telling you, after speechless in Indianapolis and Indiana, Monday night I go and there's tongues of interpretation and talent, but there's one thing that I think God has an issue with this generation. Your inability to balance Instagram's a great way to reach people. Next thing you know, you're scrolling things you shouldn't see. Older people with Facebook scrolling on things that they don't have the emotional capability of praying for everything they've dealt with that day and what they've seen. Emotionally numb. Uh, here, here's the guy. When, when I was growing up, I'm in the flow right now. When I was growing up, my dad said, boy, when you drive that car, if you don't change that oil, he said, there's going to be this light comes on. It's called the dummy light. He said, what that means is you didn't maintain that vehicle. If you see the oil light come on, that means you didn't take care of it. you got to change this and fix this. He told me, he said, there's gauges in your dash that reveal to you the condition of the vehicle. And so there's this gauge tonight that I see in the spirit. It's called prayer. And if you're not praying, you're dying. Hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not saying it will response. I don't care how well you sing, how great you preach, how much stuff flows through you. If you're not praying, you're carnal. And what God's wanting to do, He's not wanting to do in three months. I've never said this before. We're not at the threshold. We are beyond the threshold of the greatest awakening movement in North America. And you got to make your mind up. Am I going to be a part of it or am I going to get left behind? Come on, I haven't given up on our country. I believe God's bringing repentance to this wonderful nation we call America. But we got to have praying people. We've got to have praying people. Is it, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It's better to go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm not against it, but I'm going to tell you, if you can't balance it, it's better to be without it. I'm talking to you. we got to get back to prayer. we got to get back to prayer. So I'll just stay right here. In West Virginia, we call it stump preaching. That's when you're plowing a row in the garden, you hit a stump, you dig it up. I'm going to dig it up. I don't care how much you're attached to that. If you're not in the spirit, you're not praying, turn everything off until you can find the deep things of God. Now, now be seated a moment. Here's a second gauge. Are you emotionally balanced or are you numb do you have insomnia I'm talking about safe people right now I'm not talking about the guests how do you feel emotionally are you are you empty are you numb is there no peace because I'm going to tell you what I see traveling and I can talk like this but there's numbness like 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 young people are so numb emotionally yeah I, I link it to the inability to balance it's, 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 comparison is a thief of joy. Our young ladies are struggling and our young people. 
set him down there looking at Egypt with this great promise looming ahead of him. And Moses has to separate and get up in a mountain from all the stuff. And if you're not careful, you, 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 he, he makes this statement when he's in the mountain. He said, I'm going to destroy the Jebusites and Hittites and Hivites and Perizzites. I personally believe all those represent spirits that fight our churches and our families. Spirit of bondage, spirit of infirmity. There's so much sickness in and out of the church. Depression in and out of the church. Am I okay? I'm taking pretty good liberty right now. But he said, I'll drive it out. He said, but you can't make a covenant with it. And I'm not so sure we're not in covenant with things that are destroying us. You won't get rid of that movie because it's classic. And there is perversion, adultery, sex scenes, curse words. Hold on a minute. I'm not preaching for a response. I'm trying to tell you. We wonder why we can't go deeper when we're attached to things that God's trying to destroy from our community. We're in love with things that God despises. We need them, God. We need an awakening of holiness and separation from the things of the world and what we watch with our eyes and hear with our ears. we got to have a revival of repentance. I don't care if the video game says for everybody, if it has stuff in it that's... That, that pricks your spirit, vexes your soul. you got to turn it off and say, I want to be pure. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I want to go deeper. We, we, we just did. and Man, I, I feel a little bit guilty because I am going a little while. That's what I feel, though. We did 30 days of no media this year. I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most powerful moves of God we have ever had. It has, that makes some of you mad. That's my job. That's where we're at. That's just where we're at. I said, turn it all off. Turn, turn it all off for 30 days. And, uh, He said the Lord showed him before he got to the service. We did a Monday night service called, he, he said, I feel like I'm preaching called Monday Blues. We preached it Friday morning. Friday was Easter Sunday. We never made it to the first song. We opened with prayer and it was over. Hold on a second. We never made it. And God has spoken to me and he said, I'm going to do in this church. I'm going to start letting this church see at the beginning of service, what most churches wait and see at the end of service. Hold on a second. Holy Ghost moved so strong and people began to be healed. Right, I'm talking about this past Monday. It was so moving. Every child in the room prayed in the Holy Ghost. People were coming down at the altar praying in the Spirit. You know when the gifts of the Spirit happen and the gift of tongues begins to take place, there's a silence that comes. A six-year-old girl gave the message in tongues. Six years old. They tell me that's what would happen at Azusa Street. That eight-year-old would prophesy. We would have never had it with a saturation of streaming. And everybody in the room spoke like a dragon. Everybody. 
Saturday night, I'm just going to take my liberty. On Saturday night, the spirit of prophecy come over Ashley. Two and a half hours of praying that seemed like 20 minutes. I'm not talking about where you repeat, 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 repeat. I'm talking about you're lost in it. The glory of God. You know what I'm talking about. You know, we all want it and long for it. Everybody in the building, I hope I don't sound critical. We all want it. But I've just seen a breakthrough. And I said, hey, Sharon, I told Brother St. Clair, we've seen things together in the spirit like I've never seen before. And, and on Saturday night, we were praying two and a half hours of prayer meeting. And the spirit of prophecy came in there. I called a man out. And I said, come here. I laid hands on his head and I prophesied to him. I said, you're going to be an evangelist, but you're not going to be in the pulpit. You're not going to be holding the microphone. You're going to be going from community to community. God's going to lead you to people. I said, I see. I said, there's an angel God has put with you. What I didn't know was my wife had just seen an angel. The angel was standing behind. She said, Aaron, my wife never seen an angel. She was weak as a dollar. She's one of those honest people. She said it was massive and it was weak. And she said, Brother Ken, the Lord went down to the floor. And the evangelist said, I watched when your wife saw it. I saw her look up. And right after she said that, or right after she saw it, I said, God has placed an angel in this room. You realize there's angels in this room right now? Do you believe you can see angels? Do you believe God can give you dreams? The Bible says the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy. But you've got to be hungry for it. There's got to be an off button on your phone and your media and say, I'm turning, Mom and Dad, I'm turning things off. I'm hungry for some things. I want to see some things. I want to hear some things. How many want that? Say amen. I was, somebody, somebody needs to lift your hand to respond the way you feel right now. Don't stand. I want you to lift your hands and respond. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do something in the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, John, there's more. Come on, John, there's more. I'm hungry. Woo! I'm hungry. Come on, the Lord's doing something in you. Lift your voice. The Lord is doing something in your life. Come on, elder. Come on, young lady. Everybody in the room, God's trying to do something. He wants to show you some things. He wants to reveal some things. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's all right. I want you to call on the name of the Lord. Lord, we believe.
Come on, you're experiencing right now heavenly places. God's going to do something in you and through you. Are you hungry for the things of God? Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every head bowed. Everybody internally seeking the Lord. There's one word right now God requires of each and every one of us. It's consecration. It's not church going, it's consecration. He's called this meeting to a season of consecration. He says, do not wait till March. Do not wait till the week of Easter. He's calling you to make some decisions right now about your relationship with Him. He's going to reveal to you what you need to do. He's going to tell you exactly how to get to that place, but you got to be willing to go there. He's not going to translate you there. you got to be willing to take the journey to that place He's got reserved for you. It's a fasting. It's a separation. It's a season. It's a time of prayer. I want everybody to open up their spirit to what the Lord's going to reveal. Come on, pastors and ministers. The Lord's going to give you revelation for your church. He's going to reveal to you what His plan is for your congregation. You want it, but are you willing to go get it? If you want it, I want you to flood this altar, getting on your knees and making some covenants with God. You want to see some things, hear some things. Let it enter your heart. It's going to change landscapes and communities and families. The enemy is going to be destroyed. The angel of the Lord is going to go before you, but he needs you to get a hold of him in prayer. Come on, I'm going to turn everything off until I fall in love with his word again. Yes. Yeah. 